Hello and welcome to the Eco Business Podcast. I'm Robin Hicks. On today's show, we're going to talk about a problem that goes largely unreported in Southeast Asia, yet causes widespread damage to the region's coastlines, fisheries and aquatic biodiversity. The problem is known as bilge dumping. Bilge dumping is when ships illegally discharge untreated oily wastewater into the ocean. The oil slicks that result stay on the water's surface until they're broken down by waves and the wind, dispersing toxins that harm marine ecosystems and coastal communities. When ships bilge dump, they break an international law against marine pollution. But there have not been many cases of offending ship operators prosecuted for bilge dumping. Last year, Sky Truth, a non-profit that monitors the issue using satellites, recorded 163 cases of suspected bilge dumping globally, but the real figure is believed to be much higher. Nowhere in the world is the issue as bad as in Southeast Asia, and in Indonesia, bilge dumping is believed to be a daily occurrence. To talk about the problem on today's show is Andrew Dixon, who runs two luxury island resorts near Bintan, Indonesia, called Nikoi Island and Champidak. Dixon has experienced the problem firsthand and has been actively tackling the issue. So welcome to the podcast, Andrew Dixon. Great. Thanks, Robin, for inviting me to, to, to join you. So great to speak to you today about what is really quite an underreported issue um, in Southeast Asia. Um, and in fact, Andrew, as we were talking earlier, um, we've spoken before about the issue of bilge dumping, which is an issue that I understand has affected you personally in your business. Um, can you tell us first of all about your experience of bilge dumping and what sort of damage you've witnessed it do to Indonesia's shorelines? Yeah, sure. Um, my first experience was um, that we would encounter um, a few small balls, tar balls washing up on our beaches. Uh, and it didn't, you know, it sort of bugged me. I couldn't think where this was coming from. Uh, and then um, we, you know, it, it was clear to us that, that it must really be coming from ships. And about six years ago, we had a bad experience with uh, with a large um, spill uh, of tar washing up on our beaches. And this took us quite a bit of time to clean up. It also cost us quite a bit of money. And it really prompted me to start to try and understand uh, the source of it and the problem. Uh, and it wasn't just that it affected the environment, but it was also affecting the local fishermen. I'm, they were up in arms about this. It damaged their gear and it made it difficult for the, well, made it possible for them to go fishing. Um, and it's, it's hard to really appreciate until you stand on the beach and try and pick it up because what happens is that it arrives um, in, this, on, on, in, the, in the water as solid tar balls. But when it hits the beach, it melts in the hot sun and it just goes everywhere. And it makes such a mess. It's so hard to pick it up. Uh, so that spill probably about six years ago prompted us to start monitoring the ships in the area and we started emailing them we had a pretty neat system we set up and it allows us to contact the ships um, and let them know that we were monitoring their activity how do you do and, that Andrew? sorry to interrupt how, so how do you contact uh, any ship that's passing uh, your resort island how do you do that we we got access to um, 
a system called AIS, uh, which all ships over 300 tonnes have on board. And that sends out um, a message giving details of that ship and then allows you to make a connection back to um, their operation headquarters. And that's who we, we, we would email. And that, that started, um, we started getting responses from. Some of them were quite surprised that, that we were able to track them. Um, didn't really understand where we were getting the information from. It's publicly available. We weren't doing anything illegal. Um, and as a result, we started to see, um, well, we, hadn't, we haven't really seen any bad spill since. So we thought, we, we couldn't say it was definitively due to that, but um, we you know, made a lot of sense to us that it was starting to, to put those, or create an awareness that those, those ships in the area shouldn't be dumping oil. Um, but having said that, it's, we know it's still been going on. We are aware that there's, there's been dumping, um, dumping goes on all around the world. And there's quite a lot of evidence on that. So. Yeah, so what's the problem hasn't sense? gone away. So, so what's your sense, Andrew, on how frequently ships are dumping their, uh, their bilge, their wastewater? Um, according to um, a chap I interviewed in Europe, actually, last year when we spoke before, he reckons, he, he analyzes for a living, he analyzes satellite imagery that can tell very clearly when a bilge dumping incident has happened. And he estimated that it was around Indonesian waters a daily occurrence that ships are dumping that oil. Um, does that sound about right to you in your experience of a sort of daily dumping of, of bilge water? Yeah, look, I, I haven't looked at that that sort of level of data. I, I um, it's very hard to know because satellite images are not available um, twenty four seven, and you don't get a pass every time. It's only satellites with radars that will allow you to see an oil spill. Um, so there are more and more satellites going up that was increasing the coverage of the areas. Um, what we've um, learned from collaborating with an NGO called SkyTrue, who also monitor oil spills using satellites, is um, last year they recorded uh, over 160 incidents of dumping worldwide. And that is just from manually reviewing satellite images. Uh, in the first four months of 2020, they'd identified 98 incidents, of which 25 were in Southeast Asia. So certainly it's, there's a lot of it going on in Southeast Asia. It's a hot spot. Um, but I suspect that's just the tip of the iceberg, um, as I said, because satellite images are not available all the time. Also, scanning them manually is not very efficient. And smaller spills are not detectable by satellite images. Uh, that would still, those smaller stills, spills would still um, classify as a, an illegal dump. Um, the one thing that's exciting is that SkyTruth, um, and I think a few others are working on this, are developing capability to use computers to read satellite images and identify spills. Um, but that's probably not gonna, that system, certainly SkyTruth is not gonna be available till next year. But it might mean that you see a significant increase in the reported number of, um, of incidents. That's interesting. So you mentioned that um, you think it's the tip of the iceberg. What SkyTruth and other um, satellite uh, imagery monitoring services 
can do is pick up the black line, the black trail that's clearly visible, right? Um, Correct. In, in the yeah. incidence of a, of a large dumping, right? But presumably smaller, um, smaller dumps are, are less visible. Is, is, that the, is that the case? Yeah, correct. Um, I think the satellite's um, definition is uh, if it's more than 50 parts per million of oil in the water, whereas um, oil um, being dumped, I think it's over 15 parts per million um, is considered illegal. So, you know, there's still quite a bit of room there. And also a larger spill, it's just not going to be manual. You're just not going to be able to, uh, sorry, a smaller spill, you're not going to just be able to pick it up just for the size of it. Uh, could be other things as well. So. Sure. So, so what's your view on why ships are dumping their, their waste oil? Why is it happening? <laughs> it's a good question. I think it's simply purely a monetary one. Um, it's estimated that disposing of waste oil can represent as much as um, six, six and a half percent of the operating costs of a ship. So for a poorly paid crew or a ship owner, um, that's working on the margins, this can be a significant amount of, amount of money. Absolutely. In the, yeah. yeah. So, and in the, in the past, you know, the, it's been difficult to match ships um, to incidents and therefore difficult to prosecute them. Um, and so the risk reward trade-off has been pretty compelling for, for those on the ships doing the dumping. So um, my my belief is it's just a small number of rogue operators. You're not getting the large operators doing this. It's just not worth their uh, damaging their brand and their profile. Um, but um, that unfortunately makes a lot of ships. Still makes up for a lot of ships that are that are out there doing it. So yeah, absolutely. And they estimate what estimates I've seen is that the amount of oil being dumped every year is equivalent to eight hundred thousand tons. And that's the equivalent of eight Exxon Valdez accidents, or wow. about two and a half times the amount of oil being dumped as a result of uh, over shipping accidents. So we pay a lot of attention to those big accidents, but um, this is a much bigger problem than than, um, than this dumping of waste oil is a much bigger problem than the, the accidents. That's a really interesting um, point that really puts it into perspective. So a friend um, that I go sailing with sometimes, uh, Tim Hill, he, 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 um, he's got a sailing boat and we go around sort of the coast of Singapore, near the coast of Singapore. And he says that, well, a theory he has is that ships coming into dock in Singapore um, don't want to pay the, um, the fees that have to be paid to properly clean their, um, their bilge, their tanks. So this is why they, they, uh, they dump their oil. Um, is that Correct. something in your yeah. experience you, you agree with as well? Yeah, I mean, that's as I said, it's a monetary thing. And so if they can avoid that cost, it's expensive to, to um, dispose of it properly in Singapore. Um, and yeah, the risk reward trade-off for them, unfortunately, is that um, they, will, they will take the risk of, of dumping it. Now, I think a lot of ships, ship owners and um, ship crew are not aware that they're activities can be monitored and it can be picked up um, by satellites. So I think as that awareness um, comes out, we'll get, it, get, it gets known that they can be caught. Um, I think that that will reduce or help reduce the incidents. So this idea that someone like SkyTruth can then automate that 
um, that system will will make it pretty compelling to for them to to or see the light and stop doing it. Absolutely, you mentioned um, your rather ingenious way of emailing passing ships to sort of say hello. You're aware of them, and that that helps as a quite it seems quite an effective deterrent against bilge dumping. You also mentioned um, the legal system. Um, it is illegal, right, to discharge. Um, bilge water, which contains the oil, um, in large quantities, right? Um, but but ships just seem to be um, often flouting this law, and it seems to to be a hard issue to to police, right? Yeah, look, it is it is difficult to prosecute someone. Um, the flags, the convenience, don't help in that that sense. Uh, I'm not sure there's yet been a case where someone's been able to take. Um, a satellite image with a um, rate using radar that, that showed an oil spill and then matched it to an AIS track and used that as evidence in a court. Most of the prosecutions um, on oil spills um, or illegal dumping have been where they've used whistleblowers. So crew um, on board these ships have reported it. And they've done that by taking pictures or um, giving evidence around the reporting. So ships are obliged to report um, the, uh, how they dispose of, of oil, waste oil. And um, uh, so where they've been caught out is, is where they've, um, the crew have, have gone and whistleblown. And there's a few schemes. The US have a scheme that's been working very well for whistleblowers. So. Um, they, that's usually how they've got successful prosecutions. I'm still very optimistic though around the technology because um, that will then help you identify ships that are worth watching or paying more attention to. And hopefully then um, the financiers, uh, the owners, um, if they know or don't know, um, and um, the insurers will start paying more attention to this um, problem and see that it gets stamped out because it won't be worth their cost of, of them continuing to do it. Interesting perspective. Yeah, I mean, I've been in touch with a story we did last year. I was in touch with the port authorities here in Singapore, also the um, Indonesian Coast Guard. To be frank, um, I wasn't impressed by um, their response. They didn't seem particularly bothered. Um, although that I think I they're aware of it's an issue, it wasn't one that they were particularly horrid to um to tackle um what's what's your experience yeah. been like with the the authorities presumably you've been in touch with with these people to alert them of the problem because it affects your business um what's your sure yeah like? no yeah no i've been in touch with the mpa i've met with them three times now um and had a lot of email correspondence with them over the, the, the years port authority well. of singapore right yeah, Maritime Ports Authority yeah. of Singapore. Um, and look, they've been very receptive to me coming in and meeting with them, which you know I have to say is 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 a step in the right direction. Um, I have been very disappointed though that they haven't um, taken on board this idea of introducing a whistleblower scheme because it has been shown to be a very effective um, mechanism in other jurisdictions. And you know, Singapore is a busy port; it's a big beneficiary of this. If they want to clean up the industry. These big ports um, should be encouraging um, the industry to, to, to become cleaner and greener. And, you know, they, um, 
they really, I think, should be, be getting more involved in trying to stamp this out. And they say they're doing stuff. They say they're doing stuff behind the scenes, but they're not terribly transparent about that. And I can understand why they wouldn't want to be to me, but um, it, I didn't come away with a lot of confidence that, that enough was being done. Now, of course, I'm going to be biased on it. I'm sure they're busy with other things, but I do feel that, that um, it's, it's a bigger problem than, um, than they're, they're really wanting to try and address. Sure. Well, I feel, them, yeah. feel there's a need to address, I should say. So. Yeah. And, and obviously, Singapore, for instance, is a, a world-leading port, right? It's got a great reputation and, and bilge dumping is, I guess that's a reputational risk with them, uh, for them, that they need to address, right? Um, so what can be done then to tackle the issue, um, Andrew, in your view? You've, you've named a couple of things there. Technology, very helpful. There's satellite imaging that can, can help detect it. Your, your email um, plan as well seems to have worked very well, plus the um, whistleblower scheme that um, you mentioned. Anything else that could be done, um, perhaps that, that not just you know, hoteliers such as yourselves, but um, any regular person could do to help tackle the issue? Um, I, I look, they're the, they're the main things that I see um, that, that could be done without costing a lot of money. I'm sure you could set up um, better surveillance by using drones over these areas where clearly there's dumping. So there are anchorages um, east of Singapore that um, we believe is where a lot of ships are dumping and they're in international waters, so it's difficult to patrol, but um, uh, some sort of drone surveillance would be one way of, of helping match up um, the spills to ships. But it's a crowded area, so it is always going to be difficult. Um, I also think that a campaign to make ships aware of this problem um, and the fact that they can be prosecuted. Uh, there's been a few very or very prominent um, um, cases, notably the one against Princess Cruises, in which a British engineer was paid out a million dollars. And I think they were fined record sum of money for their um, dumping of, of waste at sea. Um, just this year, a Singapore registered ship pleaded guilty to an incident in the US as a result of their whistleblower scheme. Um, so I, I, I think without, yes, there are other options, other things you could do, but they tend to get into the expensive realm. Um, uh, expanding and encouraging these groups like SkyTruth to do their monitoring and develop their systems so that they can all automatically pick up um, spills and help match those to, to ship, ships um, tracks um, is, 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 is going to be a big way to, to solving this problem, I think. Yeah, and, and going back again, we started the chat off by talking about the, the impact of bilge dumping and what it's actually like um, to pick the stuff off the beach. I was just wondering, this is waste oil. Um, are some people collecting it to use this as some sort of secondary uh, fuel source? Does it have any use at all um, once it's been dumped? Or is it just like a, uh, a sticky effluent that's just a, a nuisance? 
Yeah, look, technically you could burn it, but I mean, um, ships are already, um, you know, this is the lowest grade of oil you'll find. And so um, uh, what I'd be worried about as you burn it is what, um, what would... <laughs> What were the other things that come out of it? You don't really know. I'd, I'd be very careful. But um, we we um, pass it on when we do collect it. We pass it on to the local environmental agency in Bintan, who who deal with it. I'm not I've never asked what they do with it. I suspect it goes to um, the local oil processing where they are able to dispose of it properly. Um, but trying to use, find an a way to use it. It's just not reliable enough source. Um, you wouldn't know what's in it. It's it's something. It, it's pretty toxic stuff. You don't really want to have to deal with it. Um, so and we're not, you know, we're not seeing the scale of it that would make it sense for us to do anything or try and make some some return out of an investment in in processing it. Yeah, so it's much better. We we pick it up and and try and dispose of it, get it disposed properly. Yes, if you mentioned ships do use, uh, often use bunker fuel, right, which is a particularly low grade um, fuel. And it's, it's that waste that's, that's ending up um, on top of reefs, on beaches, et cetera. So, so yeah, um, particularly nasty, Correct, yeah. nasty stuff. So, yeah, so, mm. so uh, uh, final question I want to ask you, um, Andrew, is um, knowing what you know, how optimistic you are for the, for the future of, um, the oceans, particularly in this region here in Southeast Asia, because um, there is the problem of bilge dumping of also um, plastic pollution. Do you feel that enough is being done at the moment to tackle these issues? And yeah, um, are you optimistic about the future? Um, I'm, I'm optimistic about the future. I don't think nearly enough is being done about the ocean in general. I mean, plastic pollution is another subject you can get me on to. Um, uh, that's another passion of mine to try and solve. Uh, you know that that that's a big issue and that's a complicated one. So I won't get into that. But um, I I think that that this waste oil, this dumping of waste oil, it, it's it's just I don't know. I I I rub my I scratch my head trying to think who does this stuff you know what are they thinking that they're happy to throw this stuff overboard uh it's just beyond belief yes it's financially it might make sense for them um but i think that as more and more of them get caught and that's happening now and technology improves and that's happening now that this is going to be stamped out pretty quickly um, you can't keep companies, businesses can't keep getting away with it. The transparency now that's available um, through satellite technology and this AIS tracking, uh, it makes it pretty compelling. And yes, there are ways that ships try and avoid that by turning off their AIS, but the technology allows you to see when ships turn off their, their track, their AIS tracking as well. And um, more and more on the wake up that it's just not worth the risk of continuing it. So I am optimistic of the future. Um, we've got a lot of work to do. Absolutely. The point there, I just want to um, raise, which is interesting, Andrew, you, you said that um, the stuff's sort of thrown overboard. I mean, you didn't mean that literally, right? I mean, bilge dumping is someone can just uh, presumably pull a lever and then it is expelled from the, the bowels of the ship, right? That's how it happens. And so in that way, it's sort of 
out of sight, out of mind, isn't it? That these um, captains of yeah, vessels, that they don't actually see the stuff going to the water. So they're sort of detached from the problem. Well, I'd say it's a mixture of both, but yes. So we've seen small scale where it's thrown over in barrels overboard. Um, you can't, it's not quite as simple as just pushing a lever. Um, ships are not allowed to have um, any way to pump oil, waste oil overboard. Um, it has to go through a filtration system. And to bypass that, they'd have to set up a series of pipes um, they call it a mag in the industry. It's called a magic pipe, um, and that will bypass the filtration system that all ships are obliged to have on their on board. Um, and they're supposed to keep a track. Well, they are. They're obliged to keep a record of um, what does go overboard. And bypassing the the filtration system is a big no no. So the out of sight, out of mind thing doesn't really ring true. I mean, you have to consciously get rid of the stuff. And as you mentioned, you know, what sort of people do this? Presumably people that are, um, are very conscious of their, um, their budgets of the bottom line and are trying to uh, save any dollar they can to, to, keep, to keep going, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, and it's an industry that's got poor record in terms of um, human... Um, human resources and looking after their, their crew. So um, who knows what gets, um, uh, what pressure is put to bear on, on crew to do this. So I, I'm not necessarily blaming crew. I just um, think that it's complicated to know exactly how that, the mechanisms that work on board to, to see that this stuff does go aboard, whether it's being told by the ship owners, whether it's the captain, who's in on it, there's, there's probably a myriad of different ways this works in terms of the monetary, um, who gets paid out of it. So, But the whistleblower scheme would circumvent that. So, you know, because it provides a monetary benefit for, for someone who um, reports the, the offence. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned, um, a whistleblowing mechanism um, would really help, or supporting it and expanding it would really help tackle the issue. Um, and that's a great place to leave it. Um, thank you so much, Andrew Dixon, for joining the Eco Business Podcast. Robin, thank you for bringing attention to the problem. Really appreciate it. This podcast was hosted by Eco Business, Asia's leading media company serving the region's sustainability community. Join the conversation by visiting eco-business.com, follow us on social media or subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening.